0: Welcome to another episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Kirschman, and today I've got Dean Ambrosino, Chief Development Officer at the Rose Bowl, and um, as we've kind of discussed on some podcasts prior, uh, we've, we've got a lot of different titles. Andy likes to uh, talk about all the, the different titles that exist out there that start with C's. Uh, you've got a unique one uh, at the Rose Bowl on the Chief Development side, so... I uh, would love for you to explain you know, what that really means and, and what you do, and, and we'll dive into Deedon's past and, and kind of how he got to where he is right now. Uh, he's got a lot of experience to talk about, and, and then we'll dive into uh, relationships and mentors and, and something that uh, he's a bit of an expert at. So, uh, Deedon, welcome to Life in the Front Office. Jake, thanks for having me, and
1: congrats on all your success. It's it's uh, I'm very humbled to to be a part of this podcast, which has grown like like wildfire, and that's a testament to you and the team behind it. So uh, thank you for
0: having me on. Absolutely, and and we are we're steadily growing. We've got uh, a little over seven thousand listeners. So um, applaud all those who are are sharing it and and really just trying to spread the mission of you know helping people. Uh, advance in their careers that are in the sports industry but then also for those who want to get into the industry kind of what they can do to um, break in and and not only break in but stay in so deed and kind of kind of give us a a brief you know as as they call elevator pitch to some extent um where where you were uh how you got started and, and how you got to where you are now oh hey uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit like a turtle on a fence post, Jake. I, you know, I, I'm not sure, quite sure how I got
1: here, but I know I had a lot of help to, to get to this point. And I'm just a really staunch believer in relationships and mentorships. And, you know, it, it, it takes a village to, to, to make a life and, and develop those friendships. And I think along the way, you know, what I've always relied upon is ethics and integrity and doing things for the right reasons and doing things the right way. And, and if you always abide by that, it, it, it kind of directs your compass to to north all the time. And so for me, you know, I, I grew up um, in a very, very small town in eastern Pennsylvania, about 3,000 people. And, um, you know, there, there wasn't a whole lot going on there. You know, there one grocery store, you know, one high school, my graduating class was about 100 people. I mean, it was a, a great, great opportunity for me to, to really develop foundational skill sets of life and that that's people skills you know when you live in a town of that size and that nature you, you learn everything about everybody and that's not necessarily a bad thing you know I mean, it, it taught me the art of relationships and the art of conversation and and just being true to people for the right reasons I mean we, we live in such a judgmental society right now um, which which is unfortunate and, and we all have a little bit of that in us um, for, for better or for worse but you know, um, I, th- I look back all the time to being in that small town and what that taught me so that when it was time for me to leave the nest and get out and go to a big city or a big metropolitan area that I, you know, there, there, there's always going to be that shock factor and that sticker shock from, from finances and price point and just completely uprooting and moving 3,000 miles away from where you grew up. But, you know, you, you have those foundational elements to lean on. And I, I think I've always leaned on that and it's really helped develop. Who my mentors are, and 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 the way I look at staffing and employees, and 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 almost working in a titleless workplace. I mean, I know I'm very very fortunate to be in the C level and and have the title and the job that I have, but it wouldn't be without those mentors, without those friends, and frankly, without the staff and the team that we have at the Rose Bowl Stadium. I mean, they they they're so good and so solid in supporting not just me, but every team member we have in every which way. That it that it automatically uplifts everybody, and I think that's why my values really align with my current role at the Rose Bowls because they're the values that that I was raised upon, you know, in, in a small town back in Pennsylvania for
0: for you know, the first twenty years of my the life in, or so. In Pennsylvania, on the East Coast, and now you're in Los Angeles, one of the biggest cities, uh, a lot of people, a lot of traffic. <laughs> um, what I mean, what's going through your mind when you make that decision to move all the way across the country?
1: Uh, you're crazy.
0: You know, that's the first thing,
1: but, uh, but no, in all reality, you know, th- this isn't, uh, sport, sports management, sports business, any, any business you're in really, it's, they're, they're not rewards based industries. We're not in a rewards based industry in sport. It's an industry built on hard work and results and you, you need help to get to that point. And frankly, where I was in Eastern Pennsylvania, um, like I said, it was a great foundational point in my, my life. But for me to really excel and get into the marketplace like I wanted to, with uh, sports and entertainment, I either either needed to go to Philadelphia, New York City, Washington D.C., um, and at that point, you know, I, I'd gone through uh, my undergraduate. I played college baseball at a Division three school. Um, didn't quite work out the way that that every aspiring athlete hopes it does, and I needed an alternate route. So I, I got into sport management. Had some really strong mentors. At that school, at that university, and um, you know, to put it frank, you know, when I, when I was at school, I started dating a girl, and you know, we got really close. We dated for three and a half years, and uh, she had roots in California. and At the end of our, our tenure at, at in our undergraduate studies, she wanted to move and asked me what I thought, and I, I took advantage of it. I thought it was a great opportunity, not just for my career, but um, it was a great opportunity for for me in life. You know, I, I'd spent three and a half years with her. She's the the love of my life, the north on my compass. Still to this day, we have two beautiful children together, and uh, you know I credit it to her to really build up the the guts that I needed to leave Pennsylvania, come out here in LA, in one of the largest media markets in the in the world, and and just grind it out. And um, you know she she's always she's good for me in a way where she always reminds me of of why we're here, why we started this way, why we got here, how we got here, and. It, it's really translated well into the, the friendships and the relationships that I currently have and continue to develop with mentors, friends at work, friends outside of work. And, um, you know, so to, to kind of answer your question, I know I'm, I'm being long winded here, but to answer your question, it's not about Los Angeles or New York or Seattle or Dallas or whatever market you're in, the market you're in is the market you're in. It's, it's kind of looking at it from, from an opportunistic light that you're, you're going to have an opportunity to get exposure to people that, you probably wouldn't have, have gotten if I'd stayed in that little um, bubble in Eastern Pennsylvania, as good as that bubble was to me, um, you know, you, you, you grow through life and it, it's time to swap things out. You know, I was, I was on the golf course last week and the guy I was with, you know, he said, how, how long have you had these golf clubs? And I said, oh, about like six years or so. And he said, well, you know, your games change a little bit, you know, when your game changes, you need to get a new set of clubs. And, um, you know, I never really thought about it that way. Right. I just thought, you know, I just need to learn how to hit the ball different. Well, you're progressing you're learning more like sometimes you got to change your clothes and you got to change your clubs and you got to change your perspective and your viewpoint and thankfully i'm i'm getting to do that now with my best friend in life but also with a job that i i love dearly and and frankly i'm addicted to so um it's not about la for me it's you know there there is that that (laughs) sunshine tax that we all love and and (laughs) love love to complain about but um at the same time, it's it's sunshine and, and it's different and it's it's not what I grew up with and I'm I'm sure this isn't where I'm ultimately going to end up but if it is you know I'm happy with how I got here and I know I did it in a very righteous way and and um, I'm sure you know everybody from my parents to my mentors to my friends and
0: yeah certainly no, my family I mean, I will spent, be will uh, be proud of I that. I spent three years at the University of Redlands soaking up the sun there, uh, so I, I, I know. I know what you mean. Um, fortunately, I was in college, so wasn't wasn't paying the tax necessarily uh, as as much as I would if I if I lived there now. But you know, you talked about relationships and kind of creating those relationships in, in LA, and um, you 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 started working in, in the athletic department at Long Beach State for a while. Uh, obviously, moved to the Rose Bowl, but you've created relationships yep. in in really. Uh, a market per se, or, or an area of some sort, as opposed to, you know, some people have to continuously move. I know I've had to do that so far earlier in my career. Um, You know, I've gone from, from Arizona to California to Ohio, back to Arizona to Indiana and out of Florida. I mean, you know, that's moving across the country for opportunities, like you were saying, but at the same time, you know, if you're in the right place at the right time with, um, knowing the right people sometimes it can work out right
1: yeah no absolutely and I mean I, I you're right I, I have been fortunate and, and you know at times I'm envious of people like you and, and I have a colleague at the at the stadium Brian Brantley who went through the Ohio program and is, is an absolute stud in terms of you know being relational in this business and moving around and has a background in major league baseball and, and intercollegiate athletics and everything in between. And, and I envy that to a certain degree. Um, but for me, you know, where, where I wanted to be with, with my family and my children and my wife and, you know, just the trajectory of my career, you know, we, we love Southern California. We want to be here. We know that if there's other opportunities out there, we have to be ready to pivot and, and be married to, to a different location. Um, but that being said, knowing that we like Southern California, it, it kind of shrinks your world a lot. You know, I mean, it, it's not I'm keeping my head on a swivel and I'm looking for opportunities as they pop up in Southern California, not Northern California, not Arizona, as close as they might seem geographically. So it kind of shrinks the bubble and to a certain degree intensifies and and requires further further authorization of of whatever mentorships and friendships you, you try to champion. So I have to automatically be more authentic in my dealings. I have to ensure that I'm not slipping. And I'm, I'm always doing things for the right reasons and making the right move. Because in a city like LA, you're exposed to a lot, which is very opportunistic or can be very opportunistic. But at the same time, you can quickly fall into, you know, the wrong circles or making decisions for inappropriate reasons. And, you know, I, I think when I moved here, aligning myself at Long Beach State through their graduate program of sport management, and immediately finding a couple of mentors and One of the mentors I know you've had on the show already and and Bill Schumart at the Special Olympics. um, Those have really been strong influencers for me in terms of making sure that I'm always pointing north on the compass. And I'm I'm thinking critically about decisions and and quantitatively and and everything that that needs to go into a decision to, to go from A to Z. It kind of accelerates it a little bit when you're looking at potentially just having a career in one market like Southern California. And. I'm not afraid of that, but at the same time, it, it, it can be a little bit daunting, and it, it makes you work a little bit harder to to make new friendships, make new relationships, but also keep the ones you have and track where those people are and how they're growing themselves because they're likely going to ping around at some point, you know, uh, nationally. And I think that's why I, I've become, you know, I was addicted <laughs> to my job at Long Beach State for better or for worse. I was, I'm addicted to my job at, Rose, at the Rose Bowl for better or for worse. And, um, you know, I, I think that's truth about our industry, isn't it? I mean, you, you move around because not that you weren't in love with, with Purdue and what you were doing there, because you were doing a a heck of a job out there, but you, you fall in love with the industry for different reasons. And for whatever, for whatever reason inside of each of us, it tells us when it's time to pivot and move on. And, and we find that new craft, we find that new angle, we find the new opportunity. And it's, it's exciting in a way that, automatically makes you a better professional a better person a better family man whatever that is and you you and I were talking a little bit offline uh, before we we started the the recording today about some of the new um, intricacies of of your new job at the PGA and you know how how your learning curve has has steepened a little bit but also how exciting that is for you and I I could hear the tone in your voice and how special that was to you and uh, it doesn't mean you had to hit your ceiling at Purdue or any of your prior spots but it's a, it's a new flavor and it's a new thing that's going to ultimately grow you to a point where 25 years from now, you're going to look back and be not just incredibly proud, but feel accomplished and be able to pass that along to somebody of the next generation or your family or your kids. And I think that's what drives me every day. You know, I, I want my kids to look at me and see that I love my work and that work isn't always first, but I love it. And when you commit to something, you need to commit. And commit for the right reasons, but also surround yourself with the right people to help you guide that, that pathway. And that, that, that's what kind of drives it for me. And I think it's similar for everybody in our industry in a, in a different way, but really all funnels to the same thing, which is the uniqueness and the passion of sports business. And the fact that it's, it's well, truly
0: addicting you know, for it's all addicting of us in different in, ways. And the sense that, you know, you can go from college athletics to baseball, to golf, to, you know, what you're doing with, the the legacy foundation at the Rose bowl. And you've got, you guys have events and, you know, college football. I mean, there's so many different avenues you can take. Right. And, and it's funny as I'm, as I'm learning, you know, new concepts and and new parts of the industry, some you can compare to others and some you just can't, it's just that unique. And so you start to learn, you know, what, what you can and can't rely on, on other people to learn from, you know, you have to create new relationships to to then learn further um, on on some topics. You know, within the industry as well, and then, you know, there's others you can converse on. But to your point, uh, the people the people are huge. I mean, and, and the culture. And I know we've had uh, Rick Welts on to talk about culture, and you know, even even your boss uh, Daryl Dunn to talk about you know culture and kind of the the company that has has become the Rose Bowl. And you know, talk a little bit about the culture there i i was fortunate enough to to be given an opportunity to work there uh, when i was in school and and just the the people that you worked with and and jen's and and lauren hall and and just the people that you were around and i think we missed each other by maybe a couple months but you know the the people was what i loved most um i i it was my first experience in like customer service and and kind of premium seating and uh, it was great because I was a people person and just loved talking to people and helping people. Um, was it the most glorious thing? No. Uh, or, or, or glamorous, per se? Not at all. But the people that you worked with made it, I, I would say, probably the most fun I've, I've ever had in an internship and, and, and all that. And so um, you, know, you look at kind of who you surround yourself with. Yep. Talk a little bit about you know, your team and, and kind of what you do on a day in day out basis, because you're dealing with people all the time, right?
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And I, I was talking to somebody uh, a few weeks back, and we were, we were joking about, you know, changing jobs. And when do you know when when the time is to pull the trigger in the right way? And, and you know, is the grass always greener? Or is it greener where you stand? And how do you know you're making the right move? And nobody has a nobody has this crystal ball. And the, the, the point of the conversation was we kept coming back to the fact that r- regardless of where you go whether it's the Rose Bowl or the PGA or Penn State University or whatever there there's there's good people everywhere and, and you know society in in general is 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 good people you know and when you leave a job we 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 looked at it and we were talking about it you know is it salary based is it position based is it title based like there's so many different factors that that come into conversation when you're considering leaving for another job and the the biggest difficulty that we were joking about that you always have to wrap your head around is you don't want to leave the people because everywhere you go there's there, there you can count them on more than two hands like there's these 10 people i don't want to leave or there's these 20 people i'm really going to miss whether they're donors or ticket holders or the the newspaper. The culture starts with him. You know, we're a very small and mighty staff, like many people are in this industry. Very, very powerful brand. So, with that powerful brand name, there's a there's a very high expectation level of what's executed, how is it executed, how much more can we take on, and Daryl really sets the tone on the top down. Um, my role specifically is with the Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation. It's the 501c3 that supports the protection, preservation, and enhancement. Of the rose bowl stadium and um it was created back in 2010 and it, it's a civic nonprofit organization we've raised about 36 million dollars since 2010 and that, that's very unique and, I'm, and we're very proud of that because um teams have foundations organizations have foundations professional teams have foundations but nobody in america has a foundation like ours that is supporting a crown jewel like the Rose Bowl as a National Historic Landmark. You know, everybody thinks we're getting the Rolling Stones and UCLA football and the annual granddaddy of them all at the Rose Bowl game. Like, why would we need a foundation? Well, the, the purpose is, you know, we, we've spent so much energy and time over the years getting those events and getting the venue ready for those events that we've had to invest a significant amount of capital over those years to, to get that venue ready to where we are right now. I mean, we're almost a 100-year-old house and we're more vibrant than ever before and that's a testament to what daryl and jens and everybody in between has done to get us to this stage so now as we look to the future and not just protecting us in the fact of hey we need to preserve and fix the old gas pipes and the water lines and all that everything you think of as as an old house but we have to look to the future and what is that what does that look like and how do we get there and that's where the foundation comes in so we're very proud of that 36 million we've raised because donors can come to us just like they can any other nonprofit organization, they can pledge money over several years or all at once, whatever they want to do, and know that it's going to support this crown jewel of a stadium that's been around for a near century and has really authored many of the memorable moments in American sports history and global sports history to over 100 million people. And you know, just to, to steward a brand like that day to day, um, I, I think that really drives the culture, Jake, because it, you know, the Rose bowl is a brand, the stadium is a brand as America's stadium is a brand that it's bigger than I'll ever be. than Daryl will ever be, than any of us will ever be combined. And that alone immediately drives the culture to provide care and high character decision-making and looking at things through progressive half full type classes, because we, we need to look at it that way. Um, you know, there, there's a multi-billion dollar stadium that's going up right down the road from us near LAX that is going to come online in about a year and um, the, Col- the LA Coliseum is getting redone. So our competition in the LA marketplace is fiercer than it's ever been before, but we're okay with that because we, we knew it was coming. Our culture prepared us for it. Daryl prepared us for it. And now we're in a, in a position of, of leverage where we can really lean on our history and our heritage and the iconic nature of the facility as the Rose Bowl Stadium, as the world knows it, that has hosted two Olympic Games, two World Cups, a third Olympics on the way, five Super Bowls. Um, there's no other venue in the world that can lay claim to that. And I think we're excited about that because there's there's a certain storytelling to our history that hasn't really been um, highlighted yet, you know, in, in a very extreme way. So as we head towards our 100th birthday, we think it, it's a very opportunistic move for us to really leverage that history because it's one that nobody else in the world can lay claim to and you know I, I know your question was about culture and I went off and, and got tangential <laughs> on you there but you know it's it, I'm trying to make a larger point that regardless of the organization the culture is driven by the belief in that brand by the belief in that leadership and the Rose Bowl has both of those and we just so happen to have two of the best in the world in, in our CEO and 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 the Rose Bowl brand itself so that, that's going to drive culture because you have to follow the leader. You have to, to mimic what those before you have done, but be able to look at and figure out how you can improve upon what they did and, and just do it for the greater good. And um, yeah, I, I've been fortunate. I've only had two or three stops over my career so far. I've been really, really lucky to be in, in three different cultures, but all cultures that worked were positive that Really drove home the mission of the organization and made you want to become a little bit more addicted to that work and what you needed to do the next day. Because who are we kidding? Everybody (laughs) in this industry knows you don't you don't make a whole lot you know right away when you get into sports business. And they tell you that straight out of undergrad or grad school, they don't they don't hide from that. But the the wealth in this industry is really driven by the happiness that you can align with in a culture like the Rose Bowl. And I've been very very fortunate to get to this point in my career and not just have my position benefit me and my family, but also to do something that I love for a brand that I've loved since I was a little boy. And and frankly, day to day, it still brings out the little boy in me because I, I used to watch it on TV like you did and everybody else that, that's listening. So, um, it culture mm-hmm. is a big, big touch point in terms of looking for a job. And sometimes it's hard to, to pinpoint that, but I would, I would tell the listeners that when they're looking for an answer to that culture question, you got to look at who the CEO is, who the leadership is, what their core values are as a person and what they want to get out of the mission of the organization over the next three, five, seven years. And, and that's going to help you better define what that culture definition could be so for you and, for, and your for job. for those
0: who are looking to get into the industry or those who are in the industry looking to either make a move or progress and, and get promoted within their um, current organization, what's the one thing that stands out aside from the leadership that someone could say, yeah, you know, that culture, like I really want to go work there or they go through the interview process. What are the things to pick up uh, about either the leaders that they're, that they're talking to or interviewing with that would just be a good sign of, Hey, this would probably be a good place to work. Um, and it, and it's hard to judge right with the interview process yeah. or, or just getting to, to know people because uh, you're sure. not in that thick and thin day to day with them. Right.
1: Sure. Sure. What, you know, Kirk, Kirk Gibson said, what, what was Kirk Kip Gibson's one of his famous quotes, Kirk Gibson had a quote that said uh, culture eats strategy for lunch. So you could you can have a good strategist. You can have a good brain trust at any organization, but if the culture isn't behind it and the people aren't behind it, you're going to have a really, really hard time executing that strategy. So I, I, I believe in that's one of my favorite quotes. And what I would tell individuals that are trying to break into the industry or move around the industry. And even myself, you and I can get better every day with who we talk to and and how we develop relationships with certain people. And, you know, we're certainly not at our our last stop. You know, I I always look to the gatekeepers, you know, I I go back to my Rose bowl interview. Um, I first got exposure to the Rose bowl about six years ago and uh, I interviewed for another position. I, I didn't get it, but thankfully through that process, I got to know a lot of people and really, Learn about about culture just through through talking, and I and I think Jake, where you and I are very similar, is we we're not afraid to talk to people. We're very relationship driven. We want to figure out what makes people tick, not just because we might be able to sell them something, a sponsorship, get a donation from them, sell them a seat, whatever it might be, but mm-hmm. you, you, you genuinely care about people. So you want to you want to know how they got to where they are, and so through that process, initially with the Rose Bowl, you know, you spend a lot of time in waiting rooms, you spend a lot of time with interview panels, you spend a lot of time walking and talking. And I think that was really where the light bulb went off for me. And I learned to really appreciate what, what Daryl and the Roseville team, not just were currently doing, but what they had done to protect the legacy of the people that, that built it before them um, just through the way they talked and the tone of their voice. So I, I really spent a lot of time with um, the gatekeepers at the front desk, the, the, the escorts that were taking me from one meeting to another during the interview process um not being fearful and asking questions during my own interview process with the panelists you know i think i think that's a big forgotten fact and i and i think a lot of applicants and interviewees out there they get they get in that chair and they they freeze up a little bit because they feel like if they ask a question or two they're going to be wasting the time of the other people and i think it's and and i think really at the end of the day jake it just comes down to wanting to be conversational and wanting to have a relationship not having to have a relationship you know um and you can best identify what that culture is through just sheer talk.
0: No, oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that, that wisdom and uh, insights. And I, I mean, I would say it's like one of those things you, you actually find it fascinating when you meet new people and all you have to do is ask them what their story is. And every single person's story is going to be different. And so you constantly, I mean, if you take the motto of learning something new every single day, all you got to do is ask someone one person, their story every day, you'll learn something new every day. Now that can probably get a little monotonous, uh, you know, throughout, throughout the years and, and, and months. But, um, to my point, you know, you just, if you ask the questions, right, you, you'll, you'll get the knowledge and the insights, um, without even really asking for it. And so with that, yeah. you know, one, one, uh, kind of last, last thing to touch on with you is, is the relationship side of things a lot. It's it's almost like an overused buzzword, right? Relationships or networking, and and uh, I think the one thing that we'd want to try and try and get from you today is is what's the what's the secret sauce? What is um, the key to to a good relationship, and not only a good relationship, but but good relationships with multiple types of people.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and, um, you know, my, my take on that is just, just to be authentic. I mean, you know, we, we all have a different pathway, as you said, I mean, and I, I was kind of chuckling in my head when you were saying that, because, you know, that's the number one question we ask people that visit the Rose Bowl stadium, you know, what, what's your favorite memory of the Rose Bowl and th- and they'll take you back in their mind. You'll, you'll see their mind go and they'll go back to 1947 or 1973 or 2006 with USC, Texas. And, it's amazing. And I think where that, that light bulb really went off for me is we were at a board of directors retreat and we asked all of our board members that and we videotaped them. We took them out to a video crew and we said, tell us why this is special for you. What was your favorite moment? Why is this special? And our camera guy came in and I said, how'd it go? And he, he said, it, it couldn't have gone better. I said, well, did you get good stuff? He said, Dean, I don't know what to do with it. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, everybody answered the question in their own unique, different way but they were all saying the same thing. And I, and I think that that shows the strength of the relationship the Rose Bowl has built with people over the last 96 and a half years. And I think if you look at that and you use it as a, as a real life example and distill it down to what you and I are talking about, it's just be authentic. The Rose Bowl has been authentic to people for almost a century and it's never steered people wrong. Yeah. They're always going to complain about the parking or they're going to so, say, you know, the hot dogs are too cold, but they're gonna the, the fact that you can talk to somebody, the hot dogs aren't cold at the Rose Bowl, by the way, that's not what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's, let's <laughs> but, uh, clarify
1: that, right? But Yeah, let's clarify yeah. that on the record. But the, the fact that they can take you back in time and they can hear the voice of the popcorn salesman that was hawking in the stands, or they can tell you exactly where they sat, and they can stand there and, and imagine that in, in a very childlike fashion, it's because the stadium has been authentic to them, and that's all they know. And, so I think if you distill it down and you look at relationships for, in, in terms of what you and I are discussing right now, it, it's just being authentic and, and not being afraid of, of who you are and where you came from and what you may or may not have accomplished yet or, or embellishing things on your resume or just be proud of where you're at and know that you were darn hard to get to that point and be authentic. And, and I think people gravitate to that. It's, it's magnetic in a certain degree. And, and if you're just real with people, and you don't have anything to hide and you're not afraid to disagree with them respectfully or it, it, it's all going to work out. And, and I think, you know, when you find those mentors and you find relationships that mesh with you, moving them forward and progressing those relationships is just as important as striking those relationships in the first place. So how do you interact with those people? Do you, do you, do you ping them with a text or an email or a phone call when you see a headline that's pertinent to something that they're working on? Do you uh, shoot them a note quarterly or around Thanksgiving just checking in and saying, hey, I'm thankful for you? Um, you know, you don't, you don't have to kiss the ring and, and be overly aggressive with with your your contact on them. But I think if you're authentic from the from the jump, people are going to know that you're authentic when you're doing those things down the road to advance those relationships. And then it's going to come a time where they automatically want to help you advance your career. They automatically want to give you advice for personal and family. I can't tell you how often I've gone to Bill Schumard. And just had discussions with him about family, you know, not even talking about work and just saying, you know, how do you do the work life balance thing? And how can I get better at this? And, you know, parenting and being a better husband and being a, a, a believer in God. And how can we do all these things better? And, and you, you take a little bit of everything and you try to combine it and make your own, your own potion. But I think it all boils down to the original reason that these people light up when they see the Rose Bowls, because it's an authentic conversation for them from day one and they know nothing different and they have no reason to not trust that conversation. And I think as we, you know, progress in society and go through our different movements, uh, career wise, family wise, professionally, personally, if you just rest your hat on that at the end of the day, you really got nothing to worry about in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. No, that was was about as authentic as you could get right there. Um, well, one, one, one last thing is, is you, probably mentioned brand multiple, multiple times, especially the Rosewell brand. But as you kind of move throughout your career, um, and you build your own personal brand, uh, we ta- we've talked about that a couple times here on the podcast. But what's the one thing you focus on when building your personal brand, um, having success and, and ultimately, you know, furthering your career?
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good question. And, and, you know, our brand's always evolving. You know, we talked earlier in the interview today about you know, how, how you have to be willing to change, whether that's geographically a new job, uh, uh, your family's moving, a new house, whatever it might be. And I, and I think for me, um, when I, I, I go back to my graduate studies at Long Beach State and the graduate program for sport management, which is an awesome, awesome program for anybody out there that, that's looking to explore that area of their life but we did an exercise very early on in that program where um, we had to do an internal look at our own personal brand. and, And it was very elementary in nature where we had to look at, you know, what are some current brands that are out there that we align with? So do you align with Nike or Apple or Converse, whatever it might be? And what are some brands you don't align with? And we had to tell them why. And it was, I thought it was a pretty trivial exercise at first, but it really got your head going in a different paradigm about, what, what you do and don't like and why that is. So the next, the next level of the conversation, the next level of the assignment was establishing your board of directors. So it's like, okay, so if you had your own personal board of directors, who would be on it? You'd probably put your parents on it. You probably put your spouse, your current boss mentors, and then you you look a little deeper and you figure out why did you put them on? Did I just put them on because they're a mom and dad or do mom and dad have qualities that I resonate with now? And then the final step of the assignment was using those first two steps the, the real life branding, the board of directors exercise to really develop your core values. And that's where you come up with those four or five one word items that, that are supposed to carry with you in your back pocket daily. And, and not that we're always actively thinking about them, but they're subliminal in nature. And And I, I prescribed to them early on and I drank the Kool-Aid, whether that that was good or bad at the time, but it's really seemed to guide me, you know? And I, and I think a lot of our success in the sports business industry or any industry is really driven by us. And it's not driven by an opportunity to make more money and go to a different organization or an opportunity to work with a high powered CEO that we've, we've been dreaming of. It's driven by what do we prescribe to, what are our core values and how do we continue to stay on that path day in and day out, regardless of temptation and conversation and other things that are happening in the world around us that try to steer us off, off an exit on that highway. And, um, that's really where, where, when we talk about brand and personal brand, I think everybody out there needs to really look internally and think, what are my four or five core values? You know, it's not about your elevator pitch. It's not about, you know, what your successes are in your job, but if you have those core values, right. And those foundational elements of life, right. Nine times out of 10, you're going to, you're not going to hit a home run. You're going to double, you're going to hit a single, you're going to hit a triple and you're going to get on base. And that that's progression, right. In life and in, in, in our profession. So I really rested my hat on those core values going back to that, that exercise in that sport management program. And it's really inspired me to this day, you know, when days are good and when days are bad.
0: That's perfect. I mean, I I don't know if we could uh, end any better on, on that. I mean, lesson learned, uh, develop your core values, develop a board of directors kind of figure out where you all you know you fit internally in that sense and then also externally and um uh, we we really want to thank you for your time today and appreciate all the insights and knowledge um certainly welcome you on again anytime you know, i think we ought to do uh an episode with you and bill together I, that would go on for like five hours right <laughs> i i i'd love it i would love it it would be an ex- not,
1: not just an excuse to talk to him but a uh, admittedly, we don't see each other physically enough, so that would be a, a beautiful excuse for me to to go be shoulder to shoulder with him, and um, I, I I'd bow down to the master and, and learn a lot myself. If that would happen, I would I would assume.
0: Well, so uh, we certainly certainly appreciate it. Uh, best of luck throughout the rest of 2019, and um, really excited for for the years to come with the Rose Bowl and you know the hundredth year approaching. Uh, I know that'll certainly be a really exciting time. As, as uh, I'm sure it can't come fast enough, but Uh, It'll probably be here before you know it, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, no, Jake, we appreciate it. And, you know, you're, you're part of our Rose Bowl family through and through and and our successes are your successes because of what you contributed when you were here. And, and uh, you're right, it can't come soon enough, but I think that's because of the excitement we all have um, culturally and, and individually to really make this one of the bigger birthday celebrations that, that America has seen. And, and uh, you know the Rose Bowl means a lot to people, which automatically means it, it means a lot to, to me as an employee there. So I'm very lucky, very fortunate, and um, thankful because that, that's allowed me to meet people like you. So uh, you enjoy the rest of the golf season as well. I know you're 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 in the thick of it right now. So uh, best of luck to you and your team down there in Florida as you guys continue to do what you're doing to grow the game. I
0: appreciate that, and um, Dean, we'll will we'll definitely have you on in the near future. Uh, continue to share and and uh, pass it along to your other colleagues and, and friends uh, life in the front office will continue next week with uh, a surprise guest. So Dean, we thank you and uh, take care.